Hey, drama listeners, we are in the middle of our Wicked 20th anniversary celebration, bringing you Wicked-themed episodes all month long. This one is a big one. We have Ashley Parker Angel, who played Fierro on Broadway and on tour across the country. You will learn all about Ashley's incredible career, but you probably already know his name. Of course, he was the front man of O-Town. He had his hit single, Let You Go, when he went solo. He was also in Hairspray, and he is the Instagram king. We mention it all. Don't worry. He is amazing. You will all love him. And stay tuned for even more Wicked Fun for the rest of this month, including another original Broadway cast member and another iconic replacement from over the years. Now, if you want to continue the fun by supporting us, we would absolutely love it. $5 a month, you get to be on our Patreon, where there's bonus content in the form of episodes, and you get to be on our Instagram close friends. It means the world to us. All right, let's get on with the show. Press play. Curtain of an hour in. It's time to taste in. The shade and tea to spill. Ooh, Ooh drama. Oh, that's a tweet. Did they book? Who got nom? They option no. Oh, I'm not well. What, what star will we talk to today? Oh, that's a gag, honey. Say no more. Drama. 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 Welcome to Drama, a podcast that covers theater, pop culture, love, and life. I am Connor McDowell. And I am Dylan McDowell. Wait, Connor, I'm so excited about our guest today. I just have to say right off the bat, it's kind I know. of, it's pretty gaggy. It is. I mean, you're a fanboy. A fanboy, but not of O-Town, of him specifically. Oh, okay, right. Mm-hmm, well, I mean, mm-hmm. well, we'll get into it. I don't want to like dive too far in. The first time we ever went to New York to see Broadway shows, we saw our guest in Hairspray. And that like started oh the beginnings of being a fan, I should say. Wow. I'm obsessed with that. Yeah. Wait, are you okay? I am okay. I'm realizing now, well, I've, I famously have had COVID all week. And this is day, day five. And I felt pretty sick. It was I know. bad. This version of COVID is so different than the Omicron version that I had in 2021. Have you named like, this version? I don't know. But that one was the headache version. And this one is sinus infection symptom version, I think. Because that's how I felt. And I felt really fatigued headaches, chills, aches, appetite fluctuations, which I don't hate, which I don't hate. But um, (laughs) I feel a lot better today, for sure. Good, I'm glad. Yeah. And I know you've been spending your time doing something I've been trying to convince you to do for a long time. Dylan, I, okay, you know when you know you're going to love something, but it's such a commitment that it almost intimidates you to dive into the cultural experience. That's how I was with like Bravo reality shows. Well, that's how I've always felt about Love Island, which you've been convincing Mm -hmm. me to watch forever. And I'm fully hooked, fully hooked on Love Island. And this is the UK, the UK series. UK. Well, and I kept saying, once I'm in quarantine again... I have nothing else to do other than like get my life in order, but I'll just like try to relax and watch Love Island. It has taken up my entire week. It's been such a nice way to just like zone out in every way because my brain's been in overtime nonstop. So thank you for the recommendation, Dylan. I'm obsessed with it. We'll probably dive into it more on our Patreon on an episode coming soon, or maybe it's already come out by now. But anyway, Dylan, this guest is amazing. Yes. 
We're celebrating 20 years of Wicked, bringing in iconic cast members, but also there is so much to get into with this guy. So I would know. you please do us the honor? Of course. And read the intro? Absolutely. Well, our guest today is pop music royalty, a Broadway leading man, and a wildly successful fitness company founder and coach and all these different things. Anyone who listened to music in the 2000s will know him as the dreamy front man of O-Town, the multi-platinum selling boy band formed on ABC's Making the Band, which is widely regarded as the first first major reality show of its kind. Their music soared through the charts, won the group a Teen Choice Award, and scored our guest a launchpad for his own solo recording deal and reality show himself, There and Back. He released the album Soundtrack to Your Life, featuring the hit single Let You Go. Broadway fans will know his debut as Link Larkin in Hairspray, as well as his time touring the nation as Fierro in Wicked. A Broadway return followed that, including our guest being featured in the show's commercials and marketing that is shown to this day. He has lent his talents to film, voice television, and video game characters, and continued to break hearts with his Instagram presence. He co-founded a health and wellness company called High Level, and through his one-on-one -on -one coaching program, he's helped thousands of people level up their fitness, confidence, and mental game. We are so honored to hear this man's statement, story, struggle, and of course, a chance to laugh. Please welcome to drama, Ashley, Ashley Parker, Parker Angel. Thank you, Connor. Thank you, Dylan. You guys are the best. Thank you so much for having me on. Oh my gosh, the honor is ours. As you've heard, I am a bit of a fanboy. I need to get that out front. I love that. Now tell me, this is so cool to hear this story about seeing Hairspray. Yes. Yep, it was Hairspray. It was it was the 4th of July, 2007. We had come to New York because we really wanted to see Beauty and the Beast because we were little theater kids. And it was closing. Oh, that's right. And Hairspray, the movie was coming out, I think, later that summer as well. Or yeah. It was like a hot ticket. And we somehow scored tickets to see it in the orchestra, too. We were psyched. Oh, wow. And you were in the cast with Alexa Vega. Yes. As Penny Pingleton. Darlene Love. Yes. As Motormouth Maybell. Tevin Campbell as Seaweed. Tevin Campbell. Yes. And Shannon Durig as yes. Tracy. It was uh, Leave it to Beaver. Oh, was was Wilbur amazing, or the dad from that, right? Yeah, or was that was that what it was? Yeah. Okay, but then you were Link Larkin, and you know you were a dreamy guy, and also you were in a boy band <laughs> before that, so it was just a very exciting moment. And Connor and I just became huge fans. Oh, I love that. Was that before Lance Bass came to play Corny Collins? Did you guys see Lance? We did not see. I don't did not see that, Lance. To be honest with you, I don't remember who. There was, was a cast. Playing. No, just the cast that you saw was. Phenomenal. And you might have seen as Edna Turnblad, George Went from the show Cheers. It was Paul Voigt. Oh, Paul Voigt. Yes, from Mad TV. Yes. Yes. And amazing. So good. He loved us because we, we obviously did the stage door and he was a twin himself. And so he was very excited. That's right. Meeting us. He was like, now one of you needs to decide who's going to be the spare parts. I'll never forget him saying that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was amazing. And you were so nice, Ashley. Yeah, you were great. I remember thinking you were the coolest person in the world. That is so sweet of you and so kind. I remember the stage door was like, insane because it was such a crazy cast and it was so at the time we were selling standing room only tickets because you're right the the popularity of the show soared knowing people the movie was going to come out you had zach efron playing link in the film and john travolta and this incredible so it was like it was just the perfect time to be in hairspray it was so fun it really helped like you know we'll talk about this later like the ring of keys moment type thing it really solidified that we were bit by the bug it just it just felt really magical and you were certainly a part of that and then actually the next summer we returned it became an annual summer trip and we didn't see hairspray but you were still in the show or had gone back to the show okay and we brought some merch 
that was from your website and you signed it as well. And you were very, very delighted by that. This is amazing, this connection that we share. <laughs> and that was probably, that would have been now 2008, right? The mm -hmm, following summer. How frequently did you both make it into the city to see different shows? Was it a summer thing? It was once a summer. Mm -hmm. okay. Yeah, it, our, our parents were, they were so lovely. They would take us like basically every summer. And then after we finished school, move to the city. So I live here now. That's amazing. And did you go play the lottery to try to score like, you know, cheaper oh, tickets yeah. to oh, shows? Yeah. Of course. You know all the tricks. Oh, yeah. You know all the tricks. Oh, yes. It was, so, it was fun. It was, it was a different time too. The lotteries were in person. You know, it wasn't this yeah. digital stuff that they have now. And we were very excited to see you. Jersey Boys was across the street from Hairspray. That's right. And then I ended up working at 54 Below for many years. And the Neil Simon Theater has always sort of been this place where I would kind of go on my lunch break or take a phone call. I'd like do a little walk around the block. It always just kind of felt like a nice home base for me over the years. Oh, totally. I hope they do a Hairspray revival on Broadway because I, I was in it right before it ended up, you know, finishing its run. And it's such an iconic musical. I know they'll bring it back at a certain point. Oh yeah. Absolutely. 100%. There are shows that have opened and then in since Hairspray and already been revived. You know what I mean? So exactly. Awakening being an example. It's going to come back. Yeah. I want my, I want my chance to play Corny Collins now. Maybe Edna, we could switch it up. I've always wanted to play a character in drag. So I feel like it's one of those shows that at least we have the movie and we can relive it there. And sometimes, sometimes, I know this is a controversial statement, sometimes a Broadway musical doesn't always translate to film in the same way. And I think the Hairspray film captured the magic. What do you think? Oh, 100%. It really did. And so did uh, Mamma Mia, which was around the same time. I feel like those were two really good examples. Completely agree. Are you guys excited for the Wicked movie? Oh, absolutely. So excited. Absolutely. So Who isn't? I know. <laughs> Who isn't? Are you stoked? Oh, I'm so stoked. Two separate parts, which I was yep. excited because act one really can be its own movie. And then you get all that buildup and excitement to go see the second chapter. And I think that's smart to split it up. Mm -hmm. I do. Do you think part one will end with Defying Gravity? It has to. It has to. It has to, it has to right? Because I feel like they're going to do it right. And when I was in the show, the producers would always talk about how for years they had been thinking of turning it into a film. But they waited a long time and they waited a while on purpose. So I think they had it just right. They know exactly what they want to do. They didn't rush into it. You got to do it right because it's wicked. You know what I mean? The casting is going to be so exciting to see. I just think they've nailed it. Yeah. I could have seen you in that movie. I totally wanted my shot for yeah. that. And I think, <laughs> think in some ways, I think it's also exciting when you get a new cast. There's been so many iterations through the years and you've had a lot of really interesting Fieros. You've had Adam Lambert. Yeah. You've had Joey from New Kids on the Block. Joey you've McIntyre, had a lot yeah. Exactly. You've got a lot of really interesting Fieros, but I think the excitement of a new Fiero always brings a, a new crowd, right? I'm going to be there opening night. I have to be. <laughs> now that you mentioned it, I think everybody who has like one of the major roles is new to Wicked. Yes, it is. And on purpose. I think that's right. Yeah. And I think that makes sense. The music is so iconic. I play it in my car all the time. Yeah. You know, I had an interesting, you brought up hairspray because the one night I was able to call out I went over to watch Wicked because, you know, when you're in a Broadway show, you don't get to go see other Broadway shows. Right. You're always on the same schedule. So I lost my voice. Rare night I called out and I finally got to see I was familiar with the music, but I had that was my first time seeing it. And mm -hmm. I had this moment where I when the curtain dropped, I was just stuck in my chair for like 10 minutes, just absorbing it. It hit me on a soul level. 
And I was like, this, this has to be my next role. This has to be, I called my agent and I was like, can you please get, can you please get me in, get me in for wicked. I'll do anything. And it was just, it's just one of those shows and hairspray as well. I I think each Mm -hmm. show brings something a little different, but they couldn't be more different. Hairspray is so bright and poppy and 1960s glitz and glamor and wicked is dark and moody and, you know, really dramatic. And so they're very juxtaposed in terms Mm -hmm. of the, the tone and style of the shows, but that is so cool to hear again this experience of oh. when we re- when we connected in hairspray and you were, you were just so cool oh my gosh actually it means a lot we were very impressionable youth and it, it really was nice that you were so warm and received i mean i would imagine a lot of people came to the show just to see you but at the stage door i can imagine it was crazy it was and it would take a good hour and an hour and a half maybe to get through mm-hmm. the line but you know i've always appreciated so much like we don't get to do what we love to do as performers without audience and so i, I would love to go to the stage door and spend that time connecting with people because i think it it adds a lot and i can remember when i grew up those moments that i had with meeting uh, a performer and so i just think it's so cool that we share this connection it's all it's meant to be and here we are now <laughs> meant to be Well, I also feel like when you're on a reality show and people really feel like they know the real you, that was probably an extra special added layer for fans of your shows to come and interact with you because they felt like they knew you on a different level probably too. Completely. And Hairspray was a very meta, like Link Larkin was a very meta role because Link Larkin is the breakout teen Mm -hmm. star on the Corny Collins show, which is kind of patterned after American Bandstand with Dick Clark which is kind of what making the band was in a newer modern day iteration of finding a teen star in a singing group. So it's kind of like what Link Larkin would have been in the 60s was making the band in O-Town. And it was kind of the perfect thing. And so when my agent called me, I was like, of course, I went in, flew to New York, I did the audition. They were like, one question, will you cut off your hair and I was like absolutely because I had a long I had a long blonde mop of hair at the time it was very in it was very mid-2000s you know it was very very mid-2000s very which is all coming back I mean 90s and 2000s is so back right now so I just went to the mall and I could not believe how everything is 90s prints textures patterns the 90s is so back even going to the mall is so 90s actually (laughs) nobody goes to the mall actually the mall here was pretty packed but I do miss those I miss those mall tours because we did that as O Town. Like oh. you have these new boy bands, they don't know they don't know what we had to do. They've got TikTok, they've got all <laughs> these things. We had to go to the mall and perform at every mall in America and outside of America. I miss those days because the mall was like the place in the nineties where you went to like connect and like hang out, like after school. It was such a hang. And of course, MTV's TRL, which I feel like I feel like this new generation is missing out that they don't have TRL. I think they should revamp it, right? You could host it. I, I'm in. Because <laughs> it's such a nod to such a special time in, in music. And I think that show kicked off for me what was like a, a lifelong dream of being on Broadway. Because the very first thing I did really as a performer was Danny Zuko in Greece in, in my hometown at the community college. But it was like a huge hit. And when we got reviews in the local paper we had to extend the performance there was a line wrapped around the block it was this huge hit in my hometown and doing Greece was like okay maybe i can go study musical theater like i was the same kid that you were with the dreams of being in musicals and watching mm-hmm. musicals and maybe going to go study it 
And then I auditioned for making the band and kind of fell backwards into a boy band, but it was the perfect fit. It was the perfect fit. Ashley, I've always wanted to fall backwards into a boy band. Let me tell you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I'm curious, we ask all of our guests about the moment that got them into the arts. We borrow the term ring of keys from the musical fun home because we like to think of it as this light switch that goes on and you're suddenly like, oh my God, I see the light. This is what I need to be involved in. I connect with this. I relate to this. Was that when you played Danny Zuko or did it happen a little bit before that? It happened really young when I started watching Saturday Night Live because, and even old Saturday Night Live, I like, I got obsessed with classic Saturday Night Live. Chevy Chase, and you think of all these amazing performers through the years, early Eddie Murphy, like all, going back to the original cast of SNL even. And then also in the 90s, got really obsessed with In Living Color, which was of course also very in that vein, really iconic talents, launches Jim Carrey, all of these people, J-Lo, don't forget J-Lo comes from In Living Color. I think Carrie Ann Inaba from Dancing with the Stars. There you go. Absolutely. And also too, I mean, in terms of our era, more our era of SNL, Will Ferrell and David Spade. Now there's a whole new crop. And obviously I'm, I'm talking very 90s here, but sure. that was when I was like impressionable, young and watched staying up past my bedtime to watch Saturday Night Live. And as an actor and a performer, I just think that there was so many different flavors that you would see people singing and people dancing and such a, a, a wide range of talent and styles of performing, including comedy, of course. But the music side, my dad had an old record collection, 60s and 70s record collection. And I really went down the rabbit hole at a young age of listening to all the like iconic music groups of that time. And for that reason, I've always loved a lot of classic shows, like a lot of classic bands and a lot of classic decades of TV and, and film because my dad had this amazing record collection and film collection from that time. So it was just kind of something I obsessed about as a kid and then obsessed in my room writing sketches and got a camera. And I definitely would have been a young YouTuber or a young <laughs> TikTok influencer just constantly would take my camera out in the neighborhood and make these little movies of myself and write little skits with my friends and perform and do those things. And probably a lot of the same things you guys did. Totally. <laughs> you know, just got bit by that at a young age. And where did you grow up? I grew up in a really small town in Northern California. It's about three hours north of San Francisco. It's called Redding and it's near the Mount Shasta area. And it was a beautiful place to grow up. Very rural, redwood forests, beautiful lakes and mountains. Born and raised there my whole life. And being from a small town and then getting a chance to actually be in the industry and having making the band come out and O-Town launches me right out of high school. It was like when I would go home, it was just this unbelievable experience of sharing with my hometown this success. And it was because because it was such a small place to grow up. Yeah, would your classmates have ever thought that you would be the type of person that would go off and do something like that, end up on a reality show? I don't think so, no. Because, I mean, it's like such a small town. And, mm -hmm. you know, there's just as, as awesome as a small town is, sometimes you don't have those opportunities. And it just so happened to fall together, like a lot of people's stories. I, I did Danny Zuko in the Grease production. A talent agent had moved to this small town. She had represented Carrie Russell and all these young child stars. And she was like, I see something in you and I wanna manage you and come take acting classes that I've just started here in Reading and we'll submit your headshot. And we submitted for like two auditions and the second one was making the band. It was just like, boom, like I barely made the cutoff age because you had to be 18. 
and I graduated and then turned 18 and a few weeks later the making the band audition happened and I flew to Las Vegas and shortly after that I was in the top 25 semifinalists then I got chosen to be in O-Town and I really I moved away from home very young and didn't really ever get a chance to go back in terms of just more than spending a holiday or two. Yeah. So it was it all happened very quickly. Wow. Now when you when you look back on the Oton experience, when was the first moment and you might laugh at this question but when you thought, "Oh, we're famous." <laughs> I love that question. That is a great question. Let me think about this. Was it at a mall tour? It it was actually in an airport and it was I guess my experience of understanding the power of television because the very first episode had come out and we were flying around to do a bunch of press and I was sitting there and I probably had my my discman listening to CDs in like with my headphones or just my own little world and this girl tap she taps on my shoulder and she goes I have to ask you are you him and I go <laughs> him and she goes are you him and I was like Who, who's him and she's like you know Ashley Angel from making the band and I was like I'm him now I'm him from the from TV and I was like yeah I am and it was just like a weird it was kind of just a weird moment of being recognized on that level where you just go from being just a normal person sitting in a restaurant sitting in an airport sitting anywhere and no one's necessarily watching what you're doing or noticing and then as soon as you're on TV you just become this other product and you've just mm -hmm. become this other thing to people who recognize you. And so that was a really cool moment and she was so sweet about it and we took a picture but Aww. that kind of kicked off. That was the very first week it aired and I think what was a little different than our coming together as a boy band versus in sync or backstreet is they went overseas and they blew up in Europe and then they came over to America. We had a TV show where it was like overnight. So it really was not an overnight thing for Backstreet or NSYNC. Okay. And we were put together by Lou Pearlman, the same guy. But for us, because we had a show, it really was like the definition of an overnight sensation because it just, boom, it just exploded and became a hit TV show. So then we had this built-in audience and that was like, not the typical, you sign, a, you sign with a label, you grind out mm -hmm. for months or maybe years trying to make it and then slowly you take off. It was not like that was the exact opposite for us. Wow. I think there was an interview recently that came out with Aubrey O'Day. Connor was telling me about it where she was talking about something with making the band. Oh, making the band. Yeah, I don't know if you saw that. I mean, we don't have to keep this in the episode if you don't want to speak to it, but it was really interesting. She was talking about how of all the hit reality shows from that era, specifically like the MTV ones, They've all come back, but for whatever's going on with P. Diddy, he's, that making the band hasn't come back yet. But I feel like it would do so well. I mean, that's basically what people still love the voice in American Idol, which I don't know if they necessarily produce stars anymore, not to knock anyone, but people love that kind of show. So I feel like it would do so well to really grow with an artist or a band again, you know? Connor, I completely agree. And <laughs> thank you. I, no, I do. I completely agree. I think for whatever reason, because P. Diddy bought the rights after okay. Lou Proman. And Lou Perlman is a whole other thing, and we could talk for so long <laughs> yeah. about that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he ends up getting busted for fraud, goes to jail, right? So he sold off the rights to P. Diddy because we were the first season. And then you have Danity Kane, and then you have the band. Right. You have all these other bands as they continued on in the seasons. I think it would do really well because all these shows are coming back. Saved by the Bell reunion. You have kind mm -hmm. of a little bit of a Seinfeld reunion with with Curb, with Curb and and yeah. Larry David, and you have a lot of these really iconic, all kinds of iconic shows doing these reunions. And I think it's going to happen at some point. I think it has to. It's the perfect time. Totally. Yeah. And there's nowhere sure. we can even watch your sh your season, right? It's not available online, right? 
It's not. And I think at some point I, I had a conversation with someone at MTV and they said they were going to release an entire, like the making the band anthology of all the different seasons. So oh, okay. we'll, we'll see if that happens. But yeah. but yeah, I think you can see some of it on YouTube. I think there's like clips of it up on YouTube. Okay. But I know, and I completely agree. And you could have a mishmash and you could have like, I, do you guys watch 90 Day Fiance at all? I've seen it before. Shows. I've seen it. Before. I'm familiar with it. I think it's not even the best reality show. I think it might even just be the best show. But there's so many, <laughs> there's so many spinoffs, and then they do this tell-all at the end where they bring back people from different seasons and stuff. You could have a making the band tell-all afterwards. Mm -hmm. We bring back all the different casts through the years. You could have Aubrey back. By the way, Aubrey O'Day and I were also in Hairspray. She played. Oh my god, that's right. I think Amber. it was maybe yeah. She played Amber, and so there's an, there's an interesting making the band mashup that happened there in Harris, yeah. right? But I, I agree. I think I think the time is right, and I think a lot of these shows from the '90s and early 2000s are coming back. So why not why not this iconic making the band show that we yeah. that we all grew up with, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm totally with you. I'm, we need to make it happen. Yes. Now, was is there and back anywhere to be seen? Actually, it was up on YouTube, and then I think MTV found out and did, and, and had it pulled down because okay. sometimes things they slip through the cracks on YouTube, and then sometimes there's issue like full episodes. They're like, you can't do that. We have a license for this, whatever. So they yanked mm -hmm. it down. But that needs that needs to be re released. We need to have all these things available. Let's work I on know. this. I'm making a note now after this conversation to get on top of this i was gonna say so you have your son that we all watched you know kind of grow up on there and back you know his early early days has he ever been able to see any clips or anything i'm sure he'd get a kick out of that yes we've watched it because i have all the i have all the copies oh um, okay good yeah that's good i have it so we've been able to experience it together which is really cool and then he booked a, a very iconic role on an iconic show american horror story he was like 11 at the time. He did six episodes of that. And he, you know, he's been bit by the performing bug as well. He loves to sing. He loves to act. Very first day of filming on American Horror Story was filming with Kathy Bates and Lady Gaga. Like talk about setting wow. the bar high. <laughs> right yeah. out the gates. Like that's his first day of filming. But he he's a natural performer. And so I've been able to share that part of my life with him, which has been really cool. That is so special. I remember thinking he had the coolest name. Like always loving the lyric. I love it. Ooh. It's such a great reminder of the power of word and the power of language. Mm -hmm. And I think, yeah, it's, you know, I have kind of an interesting name. Ashley is right. is actually my mom named me after the film Gone with the Wind. Uh, Ashley mm -hmm. Wilkes was the character. And so I'm always, I've always been into interesting names because why not be interesting, right? Yes, 100% yes. <laughs> agree. Wait, Ashley, we dove right into a lot of different things, but yeah. I forgot, usually at the start of an episode, we check in with our guests, you know, we like to see how they're doing, and we ask, are you well? I am well, and I was I was very upset to hear that you had COVID, because I, I, <laughs> I also had it, like, about maybe, I don't know, maybe a month or so ago, and mm. I really didn't feel well. And then when I heard you say that, I was like, oh, no, you got it. And I want you to know, like, it passes right around, like, about seven days into it. I feel like I really made grounded that corner. You said you're on day five? Yes, and that's what everyone has said to me. They're like, it's yeah. basically a week, like, five to seven days, you'll be feeling fine. So. Exactly. And I'm actually so impressed that with COVID, you didn't ask to reschedule, you're showing up to do it, you're pushing through. We did have to reschedule one earlier this week because I, I couldn't do it, but thank it's you. Great work ethic. <laughs> it's a great work ethic. But no, I'm so, I was sorry to hear that you had that and I know it's going around and I am doing well. I, I thank you for asking. I'm in the middle of, I do 90 days of fitness challenges four times a year, basically. 
And so I basically chunked my fitness journey down to, you know, 12 weeks, 90 days at a time. And I've been doing this on social media since, since I did Wicked on tour back in 2014. And I'm on week six and I feel really good living a, a health and wellness based lifestyle. And that's why I've gone into health and wellness and launched my own health and wellness company is because I just love it. I love how I feel. I love that I can now be living it as a lifestyle. And, and it's really important for me. And so it's like a lot of my daily actions and my habits are centered around taking good care of myself, not just in fitness, but outside of, uh, you know, I think there's a huge mental health benefit. It's not just about the physical side of things. And I think when you're a performer or you're in entertainment, people deal with a lot of anxiety. And I don't think in terms of being famous, there's another side of it. And a lot of people think it's all just this awesome experience, but now you're having young stars take mental health breaks. You're having people talk about the importance of taking breaks rather than just go, 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 go all the time. And I think the conversation around mental health is becoming really important. And we know moving our body and eating healthy and doing all these things is not just about, yes, it's awesome because you're going you're gonna to get in great physical shape, but it's about mental and emotional shape as well. And that's something that I fell in love with actually because of the stress of being in entertainment. And it just was a great tool for me to kind of alleviate a lot of anxiety and pressure that I felt as a performer. Yeah. When would you say, did you feel like you developed anxiety early on in your performing days? Yes. Like even like with all the cameras and. Absolutely. Yeah. Because it was also this pressure cooker of like O-Town was kind of being compared to NSYNC and Backstreet in a big way because we were put together by the same camp of people and we were on TV instantly. And now it's like, be as good as these bands that have been together and practicing for five years already. And you're like, you know, you're getting massive TV opportunities and you're like, you have three days to learn the choreography and the harmonies and be as good as these other superstar boy bands. And you're just like, there was so much anxiety I had at that point in time. I didn't have a lot of the tools that I learned later on. And I, I started hiring a lot of performance coaches that would give me tools, including meditation, which doesn't get talked about nearly enough in terms of a health and wellness journey. People think it's just about hitting the gym or just about running or just mm -hmm. about food. I meditate every day. And that's been something that's really helped me deal with my anxiety is getting into meditation. And I do it daily because it's like so therapeutic for me and it helps me get out of my head because like a lot of people, like I'm in my head a lot. Mm -hmm. And when you also launch an entertainment career, you're always thinking so much about like, what's the next role? What's the next project? Yeah. You know, you go through periods of having a big project and then you don't, and you've got to line up with that next big audition. And it's very, it's a stressful lifestyle. Yeah, It's an awesome, fun lifestyle, but it also comes with a lot of stress and a lot of pressure. Totally. You have these yeah. tools to help yourself make it through every single day and also still enjoy it without surviving it, you know? Ex that's exactly it. And I, when I came out of Wicked, I, I decided to start coaching people online and it allows me to connect with people that maybe have followed my career that are also interested in living health and wellness. And as an online coach, now I get to work with people from all over the world, but I actually get to make an even deeper impact in people's lives in terms of actually helping people change their lives for the better, which is even a little bit deeper than, than seeing a performer on stage, which is also an incredible experience. But having a one-on-one -on -one relationship with people that I get to coach has also been deeply rewarding for me to help people and to make an impact on an even deeper level. So I love, I, I love that question because mm. a lot of times people say, how are you doing? And it's like, are you really asking or do you want me to just say I'm fine? You know what I mean? We can have a deeper conversation around these things. Like, how are you actually doing? Are you well? 
is a great is a great question to ask people and i i appreciate you asking i i really do and i hope you round that corner by day seven, you're going to be through it. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. I'm really impressed by the business that you started. I mean, of course, we all noticed online, you're posting all the thirst trapping pictures, but there is the meaning to them too, you know, like you're, you're showing the result of the hard work you put in and the practices that you practice every single day, you know? Thank you. But we're not, we're never going to complain about the, the photos though, Ashley, I promise. Like they're- <laughs> Thank you. I, You're giving us what we want. I was very thankful that BuzzFeed recently crowned me the king of thirst traps. Thank you. <laughs> thank you so much to my agent. Thank you to my manager. Thank you. This has been a long time coming. I, I accept that and I appreciate it. I, I find that social media is like, social media is very visual. So those pictures are also designed to kind of hook people in and get attention, of course. But then there's a deeper message of like, for me, what health and wellness represents is so beyond the physical. And just talking about a time too where, and a lot of performers, Demi Lovato was just talking about this on Howard Stern. And you've had, you know, Justin Bieber and Shawn Mendes. And a lot of people say, I have to take a break. Like I can't keep touring. Orville Peck as well. There you go. Exactly. And I would say at the height of my career as a performer and a singer, I was so burnt out and I really went through a very depressed time after I injured myself and went actually in hairspray and I fell into some bad habits. And I realized that for me, health and wellness was a tool, not just to get better physically, but to also treat a lot of this anxiety and just outright depression that I was having at that point in time. And so for me, I really like to focus on mental health, which is why I tell people like, Yes, working out will change your body, but work out because it's the best mood booster that you could have each day, even if you're going for a walk. And people that live in New York walk so much, they're in much better health because they walk everywhere. But in other areas of the country, people are kind of stuck on the couch a lot and not moving their body. You get a 12-hour mood boost after each session of moving your body. It's like your brain takes a little hit of dopamine, a little hit of serotonin, you feel really good. And you're going to feel good. It's not just a look. It's how you feel about yourself. And that translates to confidence and self-esteem and all these other mental health benefits that are really important. So I, I just think a lot of time in quote fitness, people think it's just about six pack abs. And while it's hard, it's hard to show the mental health benefits in a photo. It's really important for me that that's the message that shines through in my captions. Yeah. And when I get a chance on a long form podcast to get a little deeper than just a quick little snapshot of a social media picture, right? Totally. I love the way you worded that. You know, Ashley, you got me. I'm, I'm about to sign up for high level. It's something that I, <laughs> I'm someone who's in the middle of the Let's country. I, I live in Columbus, Ohio, and that's very much, you know, it, you, I'm not walking as much. I work remotely now. So it's when I was in New York and walking to work every day and walking every, you know, it, it's just different. It is. And I think when the pandemic hit, I think a lot of us got stuck in our house. And I think a lot of, a lot of people that were even in a good routine were forced out of that routine because we had to isolate mm -hmm. gyms closed down, but I'm a big believer. Like you can actually work on all these things from home. And I think we discovered that from the pandemic. And that's as an online coach, I have a whole community around this. And one of the important things that, that I do is each week, we do a support group meeting and it's like talk therapy because so much of this is about, I think, not feeling alone and not being isolated when you yeah. try to change your habits. And so there's been an amazing community of people around this and we get together once a week and we have talks just like this and we talk about the challenges and obstacles involved 
of living a health and wellness driven lifestyle. So I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah. You That's, might see my uh, name uh, signing up soon. So we'll see. <laughs> let's do it. I love it. I appreciate that. And I'm, I'm really grateful to have people come into my program because there's a lot of places where people can focus on fitness and getting in shape. And I have been really blessed to kick off this part of my career. And I've been doing it for five years now. That's amazing. Wow. It's very inspiring. Wait, going back to the thirst trapping as the king of thirst trapping, has Instagram ever flagged any of your photos for inappropriate content or anything like that? No, which is surprising. surprising. Very surprising because at the end of one of my 90 days of fitness challenges, I did a full backside nude and it wasn't, it wasn't frontal, it was backside, but I was like, <laughs> I was like, this is it. This is the this is the photo that gets my account blocked or frozen. And somehow magically that didn't happen. Cause I guess it's really still within the guidelines. Yeah. You're very artful about showing just enough VPL though. <laughs> I feel like that would flag yeah. sometimes too, but you you must na you nail it. It's just riding the line. And you know, every day more and more celebrities join OnlyFans. It's true. And I'm just saying. I'm just saying, I'm I'm not I'm not saying, but I'm not not saying that could be in my future. I mean, it's interesting to see the amount of people joining. And yeah. I will tell you, I don't know if you as fans of reality shows, we could talk about naked attraction. Have you heard of this show I, yes. on HBO Max? Mm, yes. <laughs> okay. So you know, and maybe the listeners haven't heard of it, but it's a it's like a sensation right now in the UK. Right. And I think people people here are discovering it, but it's a dating show where you're literally fully nude and you are if you're fully nude like so i think maybe maybe some of our feelings around celebrating the human body are, are changing a little yeah. bit i've always loved the espn body issue each year where athletes you know really show off the athleticism and the beauty of the human body i'm not ashamed of that i don't think people should be i like to celebrate that and i think that maybe as a society and as a culture i think overseas they've always had a different feeling around this here mm -hmm. in america it's been a little more conservative but i think it's kind of starting to change a little bit what do you think oh, i think sure. so too i think it can only help your business i mean there's so many berries instructors that have only fans in addition to teaching their weekly classes and i feel like it just it only makes people want to go sign up so it's fitness i think it could be fitness based mm -hmm. and i think in terms of inspiring people that's kind of where i i look at like Again, talking about the Instagram photos and BuzzFeed, King of Thirst Trap. Thank you, BuzzFeed. <laughs> but it definitely, it definitely captures attention and then allows me to spread a message that I think is really important. Totally. So that's where I come from in terms of the the content that I'm posting. And it is, I will say, without it, I think I could have gone to a darker place. Demi Lovato was just talking about her journey mm -hmm. of getting to a really healthy place as a performer. There's this underbelly of being famous when you're young and people see it with child stars. You see it in particular with teenagers that become famous young mm -hmm. is that sometimes you get off on a bad path and people don't know how to deal with the pressure of being famous. The way I deal with the pressures of life is I take it out on the exercise. I take it out through my meditation each day. I eat really nutritiously. I take supplements and I use it as a tool, not just for weight loss, but for well-being. Mm -hmm. And that's something that I really am a big believer in, in terms of just becoming an overall healthy 
person. So yeah. I appreciate your your kind words about it. <laughs> Absolutely. So maybe, maybe in OnlyFans in the future. That, I'm not not saying okay. it's not happening. Okay. I feel like people, that means. people are going to be like, why don't you push them harder on that? But that's that's where I'm at. Okay. <laughs> well, listen. If you saw my DMs, if you saw <laughs> the amount of people saying this, going back years now, it just feels like that's what the people want. Yeah. But I've been very calculated. I think there's actually some Disney kids, some Disney stars that have been on OnlyFans now, right? Yeah. Dan Benson, I know, is on. Daniel Benson, I think, is his name that's on there. Is yeah. that the one from Wizards of Waverly? Yeah, you, you know. Yes. <laughs> I follow Harry Jousey, who's like a big, he's going to be on Dancing with the Stars this season. He was on like Too Hot to Handle and other things like that. And he has it. And he really engages with the fans in that way. And there so, you go. There you go. Ashley, have you ever been asked to do Dancing with the Stars? I have. And it was very interesting that you asked me that because it was a choice for me. I got to do either Dancing with the Stars or go to New York and play Fiero. That was the timing (sighs) of it. And it was a really, it was a tough decision to make because I'd already played Fiero on tour, but I didn't get to go do it on Broadway. And so the producers were like, this is just the timing. And I was like, "Uh, Dancing with the Stars wicked for a year and then i was like i'm gonna do broadway because my feeling was you never know with how long dancing with the stars has happened true it's gone on what is on 20 seasons now or something mm-hmm. i mean it, i knew it would continue and i felt like that opportunity probably could come back around again whereas playing fiero on broadway mm-hmm. i really felt like that was the best continuation of doing it on tour it was a huge honor to be asked and i was like i don't want to lose out on that yeah. so that's I ended up choosing Wicked. That's a perfect segue because we do want to get into Wicked here. We're celebrating 20 years of the show on Broadway. I mean, you're an iconic Fiero from the show. I know it's hard to sum up the experience in just a few minutes, but looking back now on Wicked, what would you say some of your favorite memories or moments were from doing it, either on tour or on Broadway? There's so many. One was a mishap that happened because people always ask, you know, what happens during a a show if something goes wrong? Like if Mm -hmm. somebody forgets their lines or a cue doesn't happen or light doesn't turn on. And I was was actually in the earlier part in my run on Broadway. So it wasn't on the tour. It was on Broadway. And what happened was I go to do dancing through life and the keyboard in the orchestra crashed and lost power. So the keyboard player wasn't able to play the intro to Dancing Through Life. And all of a sudden, as you know, musical needs music, right? Mm -hmm. So I just went ahead and I continued doing what I was doing. And it took two and a half minutes for them to reboot the keyboard and nobody played. And I basically did Dancing Through Life acapella with the entire cast. We did it to no music at all, which imagine with how much choreography is going on and how much you need that beat. Mm -hmm. And what happened was, I think it was like my my year of playing it on tour kicked in because it was so ingrained in me Mm -hmm. and it was so in my muscle memory that somehow I was able to keep it going to the point where by the time it got to the very last little bit of Dancing Through Life, the orchestra came in right on time and we ended with the music for like the last 10 seconds. But it was it was a little, I have to tell you, it's terrifying when something like that happens because everybody on stage, and you probably couldn't tell from the audience, but everybody on stage is looking at each other like, what is going on right now? Just keep <laughs> it going, guys, just keep it going. And you're dancing and you're doing all the moves and there's nothing. It was just silence. So that was a real, a great moment just in terms of like the conductor came afterwards and he's like, you saved the show. He was like, you saved it. You didn't let it crash and burn. He was like, that was phenomenal. 
So that felt really good uh, because when things you're not used to things going wrong because sure. it's such a well-oiled machine, right? Mm -hmm. So that was an that was a really incredible moment that stands out to me because people ask that mm -hmm. things have to go wrong, right? And especially when you're on Broadway, people do expect that things aren't going to go wrong, right? Because you're watching a Broadway level performance. Mm -hmm. Have you ever watched a show where you notice somebody drop a line or something go wrong? Totally. Yeah, oh, we've, yeah. We've seen enough over the years for sure. Never Wicked. <laughs> I've always kind of secretly wanted the Defying Gravity malfunction to happen. So they have to just run downstage. <laughs> I have a fun story about that. So I actually, I loved watching that moment as an audience member. But as a performer, you're always backstage. I found that I could go up the staircase and that and there at the Dershwin and I could climb up and I could peek around and I could watch Defying Gravity. So I actually regularly watched that moment. And Jackie Burns was my alphabet. We love friend of the pod. Amazing and longest running alphabet of all time. And I would just sneak up the staircase and watch it. And it didn't matter, honestly, how many times I saw it. I always got chills, like always. Oh, yeah. And even it was always amazing how when you get in rehearsals as someone who's rehearsing to go in and you get to watch it every night, every night it hit me. Like you don't get tired of watching it because it's such a great show. It always hits you emotionally every single time. So that's why I'd watch Defying Gravity from up on that little staircase at the Gershwin, which was a lot of fun. That's really special. I think it's cool too, like when you returned to Broadway for Wicked, I feel like when you went into Hairspray, it was O-Town's Ashley Parker Angel or maybe something like that. But I feel like when you came back for Wicked, you'd solidified yourself as this multifaceted performer who has done Broadway. This is an exciting return. And I, I think that's something that's really cool is it was maybe less of a stunt cast at that point, as opposed to just someone who everyone knows can do the job well. You know, there's because there's questions around stunt casting sometimes. Thank you. I appreciate that. And Wicked doesn't really stunt cast like that. Maybe never. Maybe Nicole Parker being the only example, but I don't really think it was. She was a mad TV person who did. It's that, you know, when you're in Wicked, Wicked is the star. You're there to tell the story. And in, sometimes in other Broadway shows, you're right. You go to see a star or somebody mm -hmm. that's a little bit more stunt cast. That's actually why I decided not to do Dancing with the Stars. Because I was like, I have a chance to get another Broadway role on my resume. And for me, that was more important than another reality show, just because there's been a lot of that. And as much as I love and celebrate it, it was also important for me to show that I could do more than just that. And that's why between the two, no offense, because I love Dancing with the Stars as well, oh, yeah. if they're listening, if they're listening, I'll, I'll say yes now that I'm done with, with Broadway. But <laughs> it was actually really important for me to play the role again on Broadway for that reason. So I, I appreciate you saying that. Yeah. Well, wait, I hope you're not done with Broadway. No, I actually, I just recently in the last year or so, because my son was finishing high school, the producers of Anne Juliet had requested me for Shakespeare, the role of Shakespeare. Oh my gosh. And Anne Juliet. And Perfect. I was like, I explained to them, I was like, I'm almost really important for me to be here on the West Coast while my son finishes high school. And then he's an adult and then he could move with me mm -hmm. to New York. But it was hard to take him out of school to go do that. They were like, we completely understand. And we think that's really special, actually. And, well, you know, so these things come back around again. So you mm -hmm. never know. I think Anne Juliet might be the next show, which have you seen? Oh, we love it. Oh, my God. We saw it Obsessed. in London. We saw it on Broadway. It's amazing. You'd be perfect as Shakespeare. Thank you. And I got to work. It's a Max Martin musical. And when I did my solo record, I got to, to work with Max. Wait, what did he do on, on uh... Let You Go? 
soundtrack Let to your you life. Let you go and a song called "I'm Better," the first two tracks on the album. Well, I love "I'm Better." Thank you. That's one of my favorites. Thank you. I know mm-hmm. it's so it's so Max Martin awesome pop. Oh, there's not a Max Martin song that's ever been written that I don't love. So a Max Martin <laughs> musical feels like it would kind of maybe be the perfect fit. Mm-hmm. You know, I know. So. I love that. When you were in Wicked versus when you were in Hairspray. Did you find there was a lot of cast bonding or were people kind of weird about you being famous both times? I mean, honestly, but. It was so cool that when I went into Wicked, there was a turnover of all kinds of different characters in the show. So we all went all through rehearsals together. It was oh, nice. Elphaba. It was a new Bach. It was a new Madame Morble. It was like everybody was new. So we got to all go through rehearsals together. That makes it a lot different, I will tell you. Because if you're just coming in as a new Fiero, you kind of feel like everybody's got this bond and you're like the new kid at school. And like everyone's like, how's he going to be? How's he going to do? And you're getting your stage legs while everyone's done it for months. Right. It's nice when you go in with everybody. So I got to go in, Jackie Burns, uh, Amanda Jane Cooper as Glinda, Jai Frasca as Bach, Kim Martin as Nessa. It was so cool. We all went through rehearsals together. And that creates a special bond when it's opening night and you, all these iconic characters are doing it for the first time together. I actually work on the advertising team for Wicked. So I'm, That's right. I'm, I work on it every single day. So I watch you in the TV spot constantly. I Constantly. Yeah. Can I say something? I, I was going to say this and then I told the story about dancing through life. The other really special thing about Wicked was they only film a commercial like every 10 years. Mm-hmm. And I got so lucky to be in the cast when they filmed this iconic commercial, which will now run for many years. And that was really special. Actually, maybe one of the most special things because now every once in a while when the Wicked commercial plays, I'm like, yes, I'm, I'm playing Fiero in the Wicked commercial. And that's our special thing. And again, it only happens once every decade. So that was really cool timing. Yeah. They knew you had the look for Fiero that they wanted for everybody to see. So it was really special. And they shut down the theater for like two days to film it. And it, oh, I thought the new marketing campaign that we shot, oh, it's so cool. Like they got such an amazing tone to those commercials. Mm-hmm. And I see them air all the time. They come on all the time. Oh, yeah. I'll just be watching TV and it'll come on. I love it. <laughs> now, <laughs> we, we could talk to you forever, Ashley. You, I'm sure you have millions of stories. Oh, my God. But we've got to wrap up. Before we say goodbye, we end with a dose of drama. You know, it's that thing that's on your mind. It's the pop culture recommendation you have the thing you want to rant about, rave about, something you've been thinking about. And today, I mean, I'm obviously just feeling dramatic about having COVID all week, but I have to say being forced to stay at home again and just rest has done wonders for my mind. And I feel like I'm hard on myself constantly about like, oh my God, I I was I skipped the gym this day because of that, or I didn't have enough time to do this, or I need to run these errands. But being like truly, I'm I need to quarantine and stay at home has done wonders for me. So that's the positive of this of this week on my end. Um, Dylan, I love that. I Dylan, tell, do you have Connor. a dose of drama? If anything, I'm, I'm feeling dramatic that we ran out of time and didn't have enough of a chance to talk to Ashley about his everything that he has going on. So Ashley, open invite, got to come back at some point. Maybe when, when you're doing your next Broadway gig, we can have you on in, in that capacity. My dose of drama is, let's go with, I had read that the cast of Hairspray used to party hard when you were in the show and somehow still do it every single night. And that is the reality show I would want to watch. Yes. Oh (laughs) man. Was that a reality show? That was a juicy (laughs) reality show. Dramatic. I was talking about this with Lance on his frosted tips with Lance Bass podcast. Arrival podcast. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) It was, it was true. And we, 
we know we perform so late. So you don't even get out of work till midnight, basically. And you're on such an adrenaline rush because of what just happened. You can't go to sleep. So everybody would go out together, which was fun. But New York is the city that never sleeps, right? You can go out till 4 or 5 a.m. and everybody's still up. So that's kind of what our life was. And we would go out and we would stay out till 4 or 5 in the morning and then somehow get up and do a matinee, which I could not do. I just say oh I did God. not do that in Wicked. That was a <laughs> thing because I was 25 years old and I could do that. And Wicked was completely different. I was in bed every night. I was, you know, sleeping 10 hours a night. I was taking care of myself in a completely different way in Wicked because you can't do that all the time. But Hairspray was that show. And I think it was also such a time of celebration because they were selling standing room only tickets. So by the time you actually got through, as we talked about, and Connor and Dylan, I'm hanging out with you guys at the stage door. (laughs) It took so long. It took over an hour to get through that line. So by the time you even got to rest after Hairspray, it was one in the morning and you want to go out, you want to have some kind of evening for yourself. So naturally we were all up till 4 a.m. every night. Where would you guys go? Well, Lance had an amazing pad in the city. So he would invite a lot of the cast over to his place. Actually, I had an apartment right around the corner from the Neil Simon. Oh, nice. So a lot of times people would come back to my place. We had a lot of cast camaraderie where everybody's like, where are we going? We going to Lance's? We going to Ashley's? Like (laughs) I was right around the corner. So we were throwing a lot of just get, you know, those kind of get togethers after the show. And then when we get bored of that, we go, where are we going? Are we going to, I think there was a place called Sosa Barella's, which was a place where everybody grabbed a little food. You could have a little wine. It was right down the street. And then we go there and that wasn't just hairspray. That was like everybody on Broadway. It was um, like a mixer. It was like a who's who of, of Broadway performers. That was like the Broadway hang. And then we'd go to Sosa's and close that thing down until four or 5 AM every night. Uh, that was a lot of fun. That was a good time. I love it. Uh Thank you for sharing a little bit about that. That's awesome. Ashley, do you have a dose of drama to end this chat with? That is a great question. My dose of drama, and it's in the news, and since we're on the topic of Lance and Hairspray, can we get a damn and sync reunion already? What's (laughs) up? Are they teasing us? Is it actually going to happen? I'll be a little extra dose of drama and say... I might be more excited about an NSYNC reunion than I am an O-Town reunion. I mean, <laughs> can this happen? Because I actually was in high school when Backstreet and NSYNC were out. Yeah. And people were like, you should be a Backstreet boy. And I, I actually, funny story I told Lance on his podcast was I worked at the electronics department of a retail store that was kind of like Target. It was called Shopco. I don't know if you've heard of it. Mm-hmm. But there was a broken NSYNC CD. And you're supposed to send those off back to the warehouse or whatever. And instead, I took it home. So it's the only thing I ever, quote, shoplifted was a broken in sync. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I don't, I don't recommend, you know, for the kids that are listening, don't. You're a bad boy. Don't shoplift. It was the only thing. It was a broken case. But yeah, I took the NSYNC album home with me. So that's why I chose Tearing Up My Heart as my, as my audition for oh, making that. the band for O-Town. And then got to be obviously in the show with Lance. So I wanted to ask you, are you team Backstreet or team NSYNC? Which is a great dose of drama question because the rivalry continues. Okay, this is a dose of drama, but I'm definitely more of like a mid-tempo ballad kind of guy. So I definitely, in terms of the music, was Backstreet for sure. Got you. For sure. What about you, Dylan? I'm going to go with NSYNC. I, I I was a sucker for the choreo. I think that was always some, and the music videos, I think were always a little bit more epic. And so I think I'm an NSYNC. 
I'm an in sync, and I completely, Connor, I agree. It's a really hard choice because I mean, the Millennium album you can play all the way through. Every song is awesome. Oh, yeah. I just didn't get to see Backstreet in concert ever. So the reason why I choose in sync is because I saw them on the Bye 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 No Strings Attached tour. I was going to say, was, was that the album that was it called No Strings Attached? Is a No Strings Attached tour, right? They did the and then they went, okay. when they did Bye Bye Bye, they flew up in the air as these like dolls, <laughs> which was an incredible thing to see live and. Obviously, I'm great friends with Lance, so I feel I kind of have to say in sync. But I, yes. I, I just had to ask you that question because now in the news, everybody's like, "Is it going to happen? What's the holdout? Is JC the one saying he won't? Is is it another guy? Is it Lance? Is because he's too busy? Is it Justin? Who? Why won't they do it? Lance is a hustler. Yeah, he is. He's a, he's always busy. You know what? I always thought it would be JT that would be kind of JC. No, um, Justin Timberlake that would just kind of oh. be like, oh, I don't want to do it. But he did the Hot Ones appearance that they just did, and he, they were all there at the VMA. So I don't know what's going There's on. There's an explosion on social media right now of people begging for this, and I want to see it happen. Ashley, what about you? I mean, I know you didn't reunite with O Town last in the last decade. You know, it started actually, yeah, about a decade ago now. And they they were like, we think we might get the band back together again. At the time, I got the offer to do Fierro on, on Broadway. Okay. So that was that was really why it didn't happen, was I had always dreamed of doing these roles on Broadway. But now it's honestly, it's been so long. And they've been a band for almost a decade in their reunion. So right. I would definitely be the odd man out at this point in terms of, They've been a band for longer than we were originally a band, right? So yeah, wow. But who knows? And I think there's a lot of resurgence of, of reuniting with all of these. I think making the band TV reunion would be the best reality drama for a band like O-Town, right? So uh-huh. we'll see. We'll see what happens. I like the way you think. Yeah, you know, you, you never know. Fingers crossed, I think Backstreet's, they're obviously, they've stayed together and they've never disbanded and their show is phenomenal. But I think it would be so cool to see an NSYNC reunion, mm-hmm. you know? A Vegas show, maybe? A residency, maybe like they do three months, you know, it would be, it would be yeah. so iconic. Yeah. If it happens, I'm inviting Dylan and Connor to come with me. <laughs> Front row, in sync re- reunion. Let's do it. All right. Thank you from your, <laughs> from your lips, Ashley. Listen, we've had so much fun with you today. You've been honestly a dream guest since we were 12 years old at the hairspray stage door. Never would have imagined we'd have this chance to connect with you. And so it really means a lot. Thank you so much. Thank you. Right back at you. <laughs> you are so sweet and kind. And I'm so glad we could do this. Now you're on Twitter and Instagram. You're at Parker Angel on Twitter at in your Ashley underscore Parker underscore Angel on Instagram. Is that also your TikTok? That's right. Just just my name on all the platforms. Come follow me. Follow the fun. Yes. There's, as we said, thirst traps, but also some really deep stuff. And also you can get your fitness in gear. So thank you for being a part of us. Thank you for all the wicked stories, this fun little thing we're doing. And while everyone's following Ashley, they got to follow us. We're at The Drama Podcast. Connor's at Connor McDowell. I am at Dylan McDowell. Thank you again, Ashley. This really meant a lot. Likewise. Much love, guys. (laughs) And Connor, I will see you next time. Drama. Drama.